Welcome to Horsefly Chronicles Radio with Julia and Philip Siracusa. Sponsored by Carnation. Airing live on United Public Radio Network on 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. This show's opening has been produced, edited, narrated by Gwen Luckett at gluckett.com. everyone and welcome to Horsefly Chronicles Radio with myself, Julia Syracusa and Phil Syracusa. We are broadcasting live from the United Public Radio Network on 105.3 FM and 107.7 FM from New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by Carnation, so we want to thank them for their sponsorship. We love them. You'll have to do a few things in order to participate in chat. Go to our YouTube page, UFO Paranormal Radio. Go to all of the Facebook stations, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, UFO Undercover with Joe Montaldo, News on the Flip Side, Horselight Chronicles Radio, SoundCloud, Podbeam, Twitch, and we're streaming live on Roku right now. So that is exciting. So guys, please welcome to the show, Ron Moorhead. He is an author, producer, a private pilot, a successful businessman, a gifted musician. He's a public speaker. He's a scuba diver. And he has been known for decades for his worldwide research into the Bigfoot Sasquatch. Ron has documented his personal interactions with these giant beings and produced his story on a CD and also in a book, Voices in the Wildness. So please, let's welcome him to the show. Welcome. Welcome. Well, how do you do? <laughs> Thank you for welcoming me. <laughs> Thank you for coming on tonight. We really appreciate it. What's the big resume he has? You have a big title there. Scuba yeah. diving, pilot. Yeah. And I had to shorten it down a lot. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm yeah. an old guy now, see, so I've got to be able to do a lot of things. So that's fortunate <laughs> for me. Yeah. Wow, that's well, great. Take us. Can you take us to the beginning of your story? What drew you into the research of Bigfoot? You have, you've came really close to having like a real complete body of evidence um, than any researcher in the field of Bigfoot. You've documented so much. How did you get into this? Like what drew you into it? The big question. There we go. <laughs> I, I had some friends that were hunters in the high Sierra mountains of California. And uh, they, uh, it's about eight miles in the wilderness where their camp is, was in uh, 8,400 feet in elevation. So anyway, uh, two of the guys who have been hunting there since 1958 came out with this wild story about uh, these monsters that were up there. And uh, uh, the other guys who I was, I knew them, but I wasn't a hunter, but they went up to check it all out, see what was going on. And and uh, one of the guys just got freaked out when he heard these things when they came around that night. They're 
had a big footprint. They're big, a huge, huge voice, large aptitude. And uh, he left and wouldn't go back. And uh, the wives were worried because the guys hadn't come out. So they, they said, you got to go back and see if they're okay. Cause they didn't know what was, they didn't know what they was dealing with, if it was a monster or what. So anyway, he said, he'll go back, but he don't want to go alone. So I went with him and again, I was friends with them all. So that kind of got me involved in the group when I, uh, they were okay when we got into camp. But I saw the tracks, I heard some sounds that they'd recorded because they started taking the cassette tape recorders up there. We all did after that and recording these things when they came around, which multiple encounters with these is pretty rare. And uh, so that's how I got involved and I started going back as often as I could. Oh, wow. So, so you had, yeah, you've had personal interactions with the, with them. Um, how, and this is all in your book. Yeah, I did. Uh, that was in 1974. It started for me in 1971. That's how long I've been doing it. <clears throat> and uh, we were encountering them for these years, recording their vocalizations. In 1972, the winter of 71, 72, we took an investigative reporter in there in, uh, uh, via Ivan Sanderson, who was a cryptozoologist uh, who's passed away now. But uh, Warren Johnson, who was the leader of our group, he, he wrote a 23-page letter to him and told him what was going on there. We'd run across a family of these things that come in and visit us. Well, this, this cryptozoologist thought he was getting his leg pulled because that don't happen. And, but he sent it off to a man named Peter Byrne, the late Peter Byrne. He just passed away a month ago or so. And he had a Bigfoot Research Center in Oregon, and he asked him what he thought about it. And Peter thought the same thing. Oh, this don't happen. If you could... You see Bigfoot over once in your life, it's it's like getting hit by lightning twice. You know, it's just that rare. But, so he thought, well, I'll send it down to a guy in California who can probably go check it out. He knew Alan Barry, who was an investigative reporter working for a newspaper at the time in Redding, California. Al called us and came down and interviewed us just to see. And unbeknownst to me, uh, they all thought it was a hoax. Even Al uh, thought we were pulling somebody's leg just to get attention. But he went up there. We invited him in the following summer of 72 and he started experiencing the same thing and he uh he started uh, investigating looking for who could be pulling this off and how this could happen way back here in the middle of nowhere and uh anyway he got kind of caught up in it too but he was a master's degree in science so he said uh, when the strange stuff started happening he says you just don't talk about this stuff it just mm -hmm. you know i was going to listen to you if you talk about this crazy stuff going on up here, not just the Bigfoot, but other things, mm -hmm. which we'll talk about in a few minutes if you want to. But he um, he got taken in by it and wrote a book, wrote a book on a co-written it with Ann Slate called Bigfoot, and the first three chapters were devoted just to our camp. And uh, he talked about what went on up there and how he tried to find a hoax and couldn't. And uh, anyway, that's kind of how it goes, and I've just been researching it ever since then. Well, all of us were pretty much in a religious type group at that time. Alan, not Alan, but all of us were. And uh, didn't know quite where to put that. And especially this guy that wouldn't go back. He was very religious. He didn't know how that could be. But uh, I, I'm not a religious person any longer, uh, but I'm spiritual like we all are. Mm -hmm. Like it or not, we are spiritual beings. Energy can't die. But I reached into quantum physics because that is a science that I think that answers a lot of these paranormal questions that are out there. Yeah. And uh, that's where I go with it. And that's what I wrote my second book about, Quantum Bigfoot. Oh, I've, wow. I've done a lot of background on it, a lot of study, and I got some 
pretty strong statements that support my position. Plus, the sounds that we recorded have all been scientifically established by a doctor, uh, Professor Curlin, an electrical engineer at the uh, University of Wyoming. He showed the sounds were not manipulated. They were not played backwards, not over, not speeded up, not, not manipulated in any way. There's no 60-cycle hum, which would have given it away as a pre-recording, and uh, there was nothing manipulated about it in his, in his year-long study. And he wrote that out in a book called Man Like Monsters on Trial, which can still be purchased by the UCP Press. He gave a speech up there in 1978 about this, but it didn't seem to sway a lot of his academic colleagues about, because even though he was a very high-profile professor, he he's, most people can't get their head around these things not being an ape in the woods. And uh, we thought that's what they were, too. But they're more than just, they may appear that way, but they're more than that. But I got personal interactions with them that I, I know what they are. They're sentient entities. And I, I've also got the data that uh, it shows where they are, they do have a human component to them. And uh, that's brought about by Dr. Curlin's report showed that it represented, compared to the human vocal mechanism, it represented an animal over eight foot tall. And then, uh, uh, you get Scott Nelson, who's a cryptolinguist trained by the Navy as a cryptolinguist, a career in the Navy as a co-decipher, not decipher, but transcribes the foreign sounds to see if it's a language or a code or something like that and, and for the Navy. And he was trained to see deceptions or anything like that. And he, he looked at him and he said, no, there's no deception. In fact, they have a language. What we yeah. recorded has a language, a sapient language, which means... A morphine stream of words, like I'm talking now, which make a, a sentence. Well, other animals have ways of communicating. Everybody, everything has a way of communicating, but not with sapient speech like humans have. And Dr. Lieberman, Brown University, says only humans have that. So that tells me the three parts right there. You got Curlin, Scott Nelson, Dr. Lieberman. All three of those together tell me they have to have a human component. Or we have a bigfoot component. <laughs> not sure. Uh, but there's something in there in the, what we encountered up there that has uh, has human DNA in it. Well, you know, that that's amazing. I mean, do you think that they are self-aware um, and have like reasoning abilities? Like, I, that's kind of like a question. <clears throat> well, like, it's like. I just answered that in a way, but uh, <laughs> yes, that. absolutely they are. At least what we encounter, they are. Now, I got to tell you, I don't believe for an instant they're all the same. I believe there's okay. several different types of aliens that visit this planet. I think they mess with the genome of different species on this planet. They've hybridized a lot of things here. And uh, these things may be a hybridization of, uh, of an alien inter interference into the genome of a, of a primate. And... Uh, They've been given the attribute that we have. I think they were here before humans, or before Homo sapiens. I believe they were here. And the uh, history of giants go back a long, long way. And uh, anyway, I've researched that quite a bit. I've researched it from ancient texts and from uh, all the way back into the cuneiform text from the Anunnaki onto, onto uh, our current Bible. I, I was raised, like I say, religiously, but I know a lot of scriptures in the Bible, and I always try to balance that with with what was going on with us up there. And uh, a lot of people uh, just don't do that. They don't try to see outside their paradigm, which is fixed. A lot of, we're all conditioned to, to believe a certain way. And when you get out of that box that we're conditioned at, uh, it's just strange for you. Your brain doesn't want to 
it has to really adapt to that outside-of-the-box stuff because it hasn't been taught that. So this is what I do when I, I on these programs like this is try to get people to understand that you have to have an open mind and get out of that fixed box that, that we've been trained in. We've all been trained a certain way, you know, religiously or some way over here by something. And uh, But they're not just an ape in the woods. I don't think any of them are. I think they have a, a everything is energy, frequency, and vibration, according to Tesla, according to quantum physics. So if they can find the frequency, well, anyway, it gets deep into that stuff. And I say deep because I, I know that uh, energy and matter are interchangeable. And we are all at the most minute level, energy vibrating at a frequency, energy, frequency, vibration. That's just a fact. So if you can find the frequency of anything, you can change its matter. And that's what Einstein said too. And, uh, mm -hmm. Dr. Paul Dirac got the Nobel Prize in 1933 for antimatter, and that's the it's direct change of energy and matter. And and there's a, a two parts to everything. And that was uh, confirmed by the Hydron Collider in uh, in uh, Switzerland in uh, 2012, when a particle uh, hit the uh, hit the end of the trip and turned into energy. And uh, they can they can see. It, you can see matter, but you can't see energy unless you got some yeah. special thing about your eyes. So that was that happened. That was a big deal in 2012. Oh, yeah, wow. people haven't really caught on to how energy and matter are transferable, and uh, that's just the way it is. And if these beings we call Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever, have the ability to reach the frequency that can change their matter into energy, that would show how they disappear. It also tell us where ghosts go and stuff like that, you know, because all our, our matter is going to change into energy someday. It can't die. It's our consciousness, our etherical being, which are two parts to us, our physical, biological body, and then that body. So once this body passes on, that one goes out into the universe, does something else. Einstein wouldn't even guess at that. <laughs> <laughs> and no. I'm talking. I'm talking too much. I'll leave it open for questions. No, no. I feel what what would you do? Tell us. It's very interesting. Everything he's saying is interesting. I do agree with him. Um, and then the skeptical people would say, "Well, how come the government doesn't come forward and say that Bigfoot does exist, an alien does exist, and why does society now everybody in a box of religion and what?" you should believe according to what faith you are. And, and, and the thing is, I bring that up because um, you're right. You're right. We're boxed in unless you get out of the box and you look to see what else is going on. And you said about giants uh, back in the day, and I agree with that as well. So why is everything hush, hush with the government, with the news? Why? Because are they dumb? Do they know? Oh, they know. No, they'll only give us what they think they can, what we, we can handle. They have to ah. control the nar narrative. They have to control the narrative, just like Roswell uh, crash. You know, they have to control that. That's why it was a weather balloon for so long. Now it's a spaceship, right? With bodies on board. There are UFOs that come out with that because too many people are seeing them, too many people are reporting them, and they're not all back and engineered by us. We got those ships by another way. I mean, we got access to back engineering. And I think the government, uh, there's two parts to our government. There's the part that we vote in that know that, that are there that we think is in charge of everything. 
and there's the underground government, which uh, my wife said, don't talk about that. We had some helicopters. <laughs> I just talked about this earlier today, and some helicopters flew over for a low, which happened to us before, but they're not coming after me. I mean, I'm, I'm a little peanuts here compared to what I think. <laughs> but I, I want my word to get out because I, I've experienced this stuff, and I think there's a good reason. Uh, the Bigfoot, they know about Bigfoot. I, I'm sure they do. They are sentient beings, but they can't ex they can't let the word out what they are, just how they got here. It's going to destroy the narrative that they've taught for years and years. History books have to be rewritten. Uh, religious will be religions will be upset. Yeah, uh, it just doesn't fit. It does though if you go way back, way back into the cuneiform, which is the oldest written language we know of, 3400 BC, uh, given to the Sumerians by sky people which was the anunnaki and if you start deciphering that and, and get into it which it's been done now in the 1900 early 1900s 1800s like that and they uh they've discovered that uh yeah these these people used to live a lot longer uh there's a king's list out there where some kings arranged for thousands of years and they were called the anunnaki if you get into the biblical text of the genesis where it talks about the fallen ones influencing mankind that fits right in with the, that uh, text there or the Anunnaki because they influence mankind uh, Sumerians start off with the Sumerians and uh, it was a whole uh, Mesopotamia area but I'm off the subject a little bit but it's uh, no. the, the government has to control the narrative on everything if they can't understand it and can't explain it or if it's too early like, for us to accept it yeah. they, they will make fun of it or hide it some way like everything else so yeah. So that every government around the world, yeah, that hides it, every single government, because we don't get along with half the governments around the world. So yeah. every government's on the same page of hiding all this. I think every government is in control of the of the powers that are in charge. This has been going on for eons, not just the government now, but for eons. Whoever's in charge is going to control the narrative, and that goes all the way all the way back. I mean, if you get to think Constantine, you know, in three twenty six when he decided the Nicene Creed for the uh, what what religion should be followed. Four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were were the one, ones canonized there. It wasn't until later on when somebody else was in power and they decided to let the other books in. And, and King James in 1611 uh, got the Bible that we have now. And I don't try to be a viral scholar, but I, I know a little bit about that stuff. And they got to control, it's the powers that be, because you get into the cuneiform text, and I keep going back to that because it's so important that we understand what really has taken place with all these translations throughout the eons. And uh, in fact, you get into the cuneiform text, you find the word Elohim, E-L-O-H-I-M, is the word they use for God when it's translated. There's, the word God is not put not in there anywhere. The power, powerful ones from the sky, the shiny ones, uh, giants, they were called the Elam, and they were mentioned uh, so far 2,500 times, not not one time was where God mentioned, and every time it's mentioned, it's in the plural form, plural form. Now, you get into Genesis, and it says, let us make man in our image, okay? They're, in my opinion, they're ninth-dimensional beings. We live in a third-dimensional environment here. We're here to experience things and just respond to things properly so we can get out of this third so when we go out of this third dimensional environment we'll be ready for something else ah, yeah. does um 
Does Scientology fit into any of this? I don't really understand Scientology. I mean, I don't understand what it is, but I have never researched Scientology. It might. I don't know. I know this. Uh, we we are connected. All of us are connected. And I get into the pineal gland, how it has to connect to the heart, how the heart has to be in coherence with the brain, how those three things have to work together. The pineal gland is receptor for information from the universe. And that's pretty much the eye of Horus, the third eye. It's all the... Uh, how you get information it's, it's what they call a gut feeling sometimes you get a gut feeling you should do that but your brain says this because it's been mm-hmm. conditioned to these things you know your brain talks you out of how your heart that's why it's important to meditate balance your chakras and get your heart and your brain in coherence so it's balanced all ready to receive the information and you might make a lot of money if you go over here to the right but your heart says go help this old lady cross the street you know? mm-hmm. so that's what you do if you follow your heart and I think that's critically important. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I got to jump in there for a second because I'm thinking about something. You know, again, I do believe what you're saying, and I agree with you. But now I go back and forth. I play what the skeptics would say. And the skeptics would say, okay, if what you're saying is true verbatim, that there's an underground government, then why do aliens... Bigfoot, why do these things even care not to show themselves on the White House lawn and, and, and Times Square and come down with a UFO? Why? First of all, we are human beings. We've been given a dominion on this planet, and this planet belongs to us to take care of. They're not supposed to interfere with our karma. We're here to learn, and they, they are here. They're here now, aliens are. And, and I think the, they're black government, underground government, whatever you want to call it, uh, are in communication with them. I think they know about them. In fact, I'm quite positive they do. Mm-hmm. And they, they won't interfere with us until it just gets right on the edge of being too late and we don't blow mm-hmm. the planet up because they want the planet. This planet's a jewel of the solar system. I mean, it's got everything the other planets don't have. It, it's beautiful and we're just screwing it up. And we're in war. We're warring species. We just fight, you know, like the war is going on right now. And it's a shame. You know, it's just a shame that we have to do this to our planet. And you know, yeah. it goes on and on. But it's it's not love and compassion. And that's what I preach on. I say preach. I'm not a preacher. But I guess in a way I am. But I think everybody has to respond to things with love and compassion. And if you do, don't be a victim of any circumstance because every circumstance is here for you to learn if you don't i tell my grandkids i said when you play football there's no winner or loser you either win or you learn something there's no loser there's no loser in life you either win or you learn something you're always learning and the more you can learn the more you can respond to all your experiences without being a victim to it and learn to respond with love and compassion, you're going to be on the bright side of things, and you're going to be healthy. I mean, you're just going to... Everything's yeah. Better. I agree with you to a certain extent, and I'll tell you why. Because, well, first of all, all governments are corrupt, in my opinion, okay? I'm 56 years old. I'm around long enough to know that every government, every government is corrupt. They're liars, they're greed, and they're pigs, Okay. That's number one. And number two is they create war because war creates money. Bang. 
War creates money. They don't care about life. They don't care about me or you. We're just a number. We're a puppet in society. We're replaceable by other people. So they don't care about us. However, however, if there is a such thing as a higher intelligent being like aliens and our planet, which is being destroyed as we see it unfold in front of our very eyes, why are they not intervening now? Why do so many people have to die now? Now, not tomorrow, now. And again, I, I do believe what you're saying, but I got to play both sides here because Good. people are going to message me after the show and say, well, why do people have to die now in other countries? Why? What's the reason for that? Dying's not a big thing. It's living that we got to think about. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm not afraid to die. I'm not, because I, I know what happens, I think, to, to our spiritual being. We we're going to keep right. living it and go to something else. So it doesn't bother me, and it doesn't bother other entities. We have passion with our humanoid beings. We have something aliens don't really have. And that's uh, that's the feelings and, and understanding on and we're here to learn that stuff and these things are not supposed to interfere with that it goes against the mandate of some type uh and if they did well, uh, well they did with us up at that camp i gotta tell you they interfered with us but why i never have found out why unless it's so i could be on your program tonight you know maybe maybe there's somebody out there that they will hear this and it'll ring true to them and, and it'll make something better. Because at my age, I you know, I'm in my eighties now. I don't care uh, if, if anybody believes me or not. I'm just saying what what I've came up with in fifty years of research is is what I'm saying now. And uh, I think the answer to a lot of stuff that's went on with us up there uh, is is based in quantum physics and these things, uh, there's stuff like that all the way from the atom to the cosmos is 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 based in quantum physics, according to Dr. Christopher Brer at uh, West Texas A&M. And if you think about that, we, we have to live in a three-dimensional environment, which is our our Newtonian physics laws. Everything is something you can touch, feel, measurable, predictable, all that. Quantum physics is not that way. If you don't believe it, try to imagine the end of the universe. How do you do that? You can't. When I brought that up to some scientists I'm involved with, they kicked me out of the club. I think <laughs> you, can't, you can't you can't explain some of this stuff, but it's there. It's there mathematically. Uh, other dimensions are out there mathematically. We only live in three, but there's there's all these others. The different aliens are in different densities out there. And uh, anyway, I I go with that, and that's that's what brought me, I think, to where I'm at today. Did I answer that question? Why don't they interfere now? Because they're not supposed to. We're supposed to respond to all this stuff with our own karma, our own balancing technique to get ourselves right. And we're worth Which we can't. Which we can't. We can't. And you know why we can't? You know why? You know, you said that, you know, we're supposed to have, uh, for example, a higher consciousness of love and and we're in a, in a I guess, a three-dimension um type of way but you know you take an innocent child and that innocent child is killed by war mm -hmm. now that child doesn't have any knowledge of what's going on they don't know anything but yet 
what controls everything to create these wars kill innocent people. Now, if a child doesn't have anything to do with this and any knowledge, where's the fairness of the balance sheet? Or is it that because your belief is, well, you said you're not afraid of death, correct? Correct. So then the okay. child should not be afraid of death, and no one should be afraid of death. That's correct. It's our fear of the unknown that we fear, and fear is your enemy. I just ask the same questions you're asking right now. You know, how could a five-year-old die or somebody come back from a 19-year-old without legs or something like that? Well, how is that fair? Well, it's not fair from our from our perspective, but they had to respond to that. The child that died at five, maybe his parents had to respond to something. Uh, but death is it just means another place. You're going to go somewhere else. We'll have to answer to these things in one lifetime or another. I believe in uh, multiple embodiments, and that's against a lot of religions, but it also goes along with a lot of religions. We're, we're here to learn, and if we don't learn in this lifetime, you're going to be put back another lifetime to try to learn it there or another planet to try to learn there. It's in a three-dimensional. I've got to learn a lot because I do not want to come back. Please <laughs> 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 teach me everything. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, um, what's your thoughts on heaven and hell? Or you don't have any thoughts on that? Me? <laughs> yes. Well, heaven is just another dimension. And uh, hell, I, I don't agree with, to be honest with you. Uh, just because hell is not ever getting to the right dimension that you're supposed to. Uh, we can pass from our third dimension to the fourth dimension of time, and that's where a lot of people see ghosts and stuff like that in their in their alpha state of awareness. Usually at nighttime, when the density of the of the earth is is dropped down in its vibrational frequency, and our our vibrational frequency also goes down at night. I think these things, uh, a lot of people will see the energy of ghosts at night. And that's if the vibration is right and the temperature is right. Uh, that's how I think. I don't know if that's right or not, but that's how I think some people are able to see into the fourth dimension of time. Uh, but we go on from there. You know, I think most aliens are in the fifth and sixth dimension. I think the Anunnaki were the ninth dimensional beings. They were the premier entities. And that's where we're supposed to be headed for. AI can stop that if it does. It can stop. It won't stop the ones who believe in it, because what's going to happen is AI is going to AI artificial intelligence. You know what I'm talking about there. Mm -hmm. It's going to it's going to take over a lot of stuff. That could be the very end right there. I say the mm, very end. I agree. It yeah. Be very, what brings us to the point of understanding that wow, it's time for this world to change. You know. And AI, if you accept it and take a, another embodiment where they can transfer your uh, your consciousness into a, a indestructible indestructible body, you kind of kind of want that. But you can only go into the fifth or sixth dimension at that point. Uh, if we're we're made as humans to go as humans through this environment to get to the ninth dimension, like our maker, our maker are are the Anunnaki. There's a good Anunnaki's too. You know what I'm saying when I say Anunnaki, don't you? Have you ever looked into the Anunnaki? Do you know what I mean? I I don't know. I heard about it. I don't know much about it. Well, I, I might be you know, getting ahead of everything here, but uh, they were the powerful ones from the sky, written about, and uh, it's been kept out of our, our a lot of our Bible because.
is uh, because people can't handle that. You know, it used to be you'd be burnt at the stake if they thought you were. Well, Galileo, he was on house arrest when he said the earth was round. So anyway, I'm just saying, <clears throat> governments don't want you to to uh, talk about this stuff if they can't control it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Anunnaki are the beings that started everything. That, you know, you you heard of Gobekli Tepe in uh, Turkey. Uh, all the you, know, you haven't maybe. There's things that we've I've seen, I've been down to South America a couple of times and seen some artifacts down there, which is just out of human capability to do. I've seen the remains of alien, uh, half alien beings. I've seen, I've been in Nepal, Russia, Siberia. I've looked at all this stuff, trying to find a common denominator and how it relates maybe to Bigfoot. Well, Bigfoot mm-hmm. is just a, a, a catalyst to get me to where I'm at today, I think. I, mm-hmm. encountered, them. I, I encountered them and uh, it's, it's brought me to understanding how much more there is to, for us to understand. Yeah. And, uh, and Anunnaki are the ones who started creation. Oh, okay. So it wasn't a creator of a God. It was the Anunnaki. The gods. They They're gods. The gods. They're gods, yeah. Because they were powerful. But you know, they but you know yeah, they're powerful. I get it. But you know what someone's going to say is, well, everything started from something, correct? Everything? Everybody's what? Everything Everything started from something. So if the Anunnaki had gods that that created everything, where the Anunnaki's come from? Who are their gods? That's the best question of the world of the night right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, where'd God come from? Where'd he come from? I mean, it's a universal consciousness, so... Yeah. Who knows, you know? Maybe yeah. Who knows? I don't think it's a he. I think it's a group of, of consciousness, uh, just a ball of consciousness that we're all really part of. We just have to learn how to connect with it and receive from it. So we know things. But I don't know that answer where, where God came from. Boy, if I knew that answer, I, I could. Like, I feel like everything just ends up with so many more questions. <laughs> well, you go down a rabbit hole of questions. And you know, yeah, you know what? Well, I will get. I'm going to get these, these questions later when the show's over. My messenger, because that's what happens. The skeptics come out, and I do agree with you. But I also, I, in my belief, I do not disrespect anyone's religion. I do not follow a religion because I don't personally believe in a specific religion, knowing what I know. And I will say that I believe that we're a form of collective consciousness that the body you're in is just the shell, You'll, it's at least a vehicle, and you gotta give it back, and then you leave. Um, therefore, the existence of everything never did exist, it only exists because you made it exist. You materialized everything for your form of consciousness. That's my belief. So, you don't even exist right now, and neither do I. No. I'm making you exist, and you're making me exist, through a form of collectivity of consciousness. That's my belief as a paranormal investigator. And I disregard a lot of religions out there because a lot of religions raise red flags of my belief through my experiences that they don't talk about. Well, quantum physics says nothing's real until it's observed. There you go. We're observing each other now, so we're making it real. What goes first, our thoughts? Our thoughts go first. They go faster than light. 
and we receive everything via light and nice frequency, which is 430 to 770 terahertz. That's our frequency, all we can see. Yeah, outside of that, all these other frequencies are there and don't see them. But yeah, I like your I like your comments. I like your thoughts. They're perfect, really, in my opinion. Bill has really good questions. Yeah, it was a good. You asked some good questions. I like your skeptical look. I like that. I, I play two sides of the fence because um, people want to know not just the one side, and and I do agree with you. Everything you're saying makes total sense to me. Um, and then it comes out the the double skeptic of well. If there's not a God and there's no hell, but there's demons, why do people get possessed? And why does the Catholic religion and certain priests help remove possessed people from these entities? Mm. You know, there goes the, is it, is it a form of psychosomatic consciousness that we think we're possessed by the devil? Or is it a reality? It's energy. You create your, your own demons, I think. Ah. Uh. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I know people that just think about this stuff all the time and they all see it all the time. They all have bad things happening to them all the time. But you know, if you keep your energy positive, and that's I'm, I'm a proponent of that, look on the bright side of things, no matter what is happening, see the good in it and, and try to find out, you know, we're going to see what light lets us see. And God is light. And uh, there you go right there. And that's First John 1, 5. So God is love. And we got to express ourselves with love. And uh, I think that's just the key. And all these other answers that you got, questions that you got will be answered in this life or the next one. You'll know. Yeah, you know, it's sad because um, I think that because societies are culturized into what they have to believe according to where you live. I mean, look, you go to some foreign countries, it's pathetically sad and stupid that you have to follow a one leader dictator who's corrupt and worship that dictator like he is your God. You know, I mean, this is what happens in the world is that people get brainwashed off of other imbeciles out there. They're forced to, they're forced to be brainwashed because if they're not, they're probably executed and that's not fair oh. it's not fair at all but that's the world we live in unfortunately you know you try to make everything positive and i get that i, I understand where you're going with that but look some countries you don't have that freedom to even think you think one way and it's their their way the dictator's way and you're forbidden to think another way and um, you take away that human spirit of a person, right? That happiness, that I want to live and be free. You take that away, and that's what's wrong. And I believe, in my opinion, the entire globe needs a reset button hit. A reset button. Um, because humanity needs a wake-up call. Because too many, in my opinion, and look, you're a lot older than me, and you have a lot of knowledge and wisdom, in my opinion, people should not have to suffer the way they are because of politics and the way the world is being ran by a bunch of morons. I think that if you hit that reset button and we all start off clean again, um, let's get back to the basics because the basics and the fundamental things of life are the most appreciative things in life. There should not be 
a world world leader or these dictators or these governments that force people into genocide and disease and all these sickness as we went through a few years ago you know <clears throat> governments have a lot of play in everything that happens to us i don't think we sometimes we think <clears throat> a little small that our lives have been here for a long time in different embodiments that's my thoughts i think we've learned from each of them to do something different the next time around we have a choice once you're out of here we all have free choices mm-hmm. all entities in the heavens have free choices everything has a free choice so when you get out of this embodiment you have a choice you want to come back and make things right or you want to come back and just try to live it again and see what you do but everybody's trying to climb a ladder of success around here mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> it really it's all about uh money and getting ahead and this that and the other night guys you know i did quite well with everything and uh but it doesn't matter to me anymore uh really i think the most important thing is what we're talking about right now for people to get their understand who they are as a human being made in an image of a ninth dimensional entity and entities i should say and uh yeah it's hard for people to understand that just uh, because the word god from elohim in the cuneiform text was translated as singular just for our reading benefit and because uh, it's easier just to say well there's one entity out there herding sheep or something you know it's going to judge you when you get out of here well i don't believe that so i think we're made to be part of this universal consciousness to reign even the good book says reign as kings and queens you know we're going to be like that except we will have something that so many entities uh, aliens don't have and that's compassion and we'll learn how to be that way throughout the universe and try to help with other planets that are experiencing what this planet's experiencing maybe <laughs> it's all a guesswork here <laughs> it's fun to do that though yeah. <clears throat> you definitely have a very positive attitude and we appreciate that well thank you I, I, I like Philip. I, I like your skepticism there. I, you know, because you got to play both sides. I did that for a long time. I get questions, but I love the uh, the other mind that comes in and challenges me on stuff because I think I know what happens. But you know, I've been doing this for fifty some odd years now, and and I've learned a lot. I've been into all over the world really, and uh, I have seen what other people live like and how bad they have life. I was in Kathmandu a few years back, and I mean, these people just live in, I was going to say, they make a dollar a day working. They live like poverty. I mean, nobody lives like that over here, nobody. And uh, I said, God, such a shame. He looked at me and said, why would you say that? They don't know any different. They don't know any different. They don't know any different. We know different. We're very fortunate to be in this country, really, as bad as it is. And you're right, every government in the world is corrupt. Uh, it's open in a lot of governments. It's just open, open, corrupt. If you're elected into an official position, you're going to get bribes. Yeah. You know, a certain way. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And, and that's that's open in other countries. Where in this one, it's all secrets. You know, they're all getting their kickback some way. But yeah, it's corrupt. But it's all going to get reset. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to be very much longer because you're going to see more aliens coming around. They're going to start being seen more often. But they're not going to interfere 
and you, with your eyes, I mean, where you see it happen, but they're going to interfere. They're going to stop the bomb from going off or something like that. Or they're going to say, well, the hell with man, mankind. Let's let them go and we'll let them start over again. Because <laughs> uh, uh, it's happened before and it'll happen again. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it's just sad that, and, and t you know, what I see, and again, you've seen a lot more than me. I haven't been to other countries like you have. Um, but humanity should not have to suffer the way they do, you know. If that's a small, and, uh, that's a small look. If you think of a multiple embodiments that somebody's had, what is suffering? So just dropping the bucket on this planet's timeline. Yeah. I interrupted you, but. It's really nothing. I mean, our life seems like a long time here. I've been here 80 some odd years. And, uh, it, it doesn't, it goes just like that. I can remember when I was just a little kid. You know? Yeah. I used to jump out of trees and everything until I broke all the Christmas presents. Yeah. It's <laughs> you, a, know. you know, it does go by real fast. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Christmas tree, you mind. It goes by fast. Everything, you know, everything just it does fly by. Um, I can definitely relate to that. Well, it gives us something to look forward to. I think uh, I, I look forward to it. I mean, I do. I, I'm not trying to bump myself or anything like that, but I'm looking forward to being somewhere else doing something better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that's I think we all, are, way, we all are looking forward just something different. You know, what's there? What's up there? What, like, no, we won't know until we're there. Let's just put it that way. That's right. Like, we could, you know, gather all our evidence and understand everything that we've learned. But the truth is, we really won't know until we experience it ourselves. And then we're going to be like, wow. So, this <laughs> well, is. Well, let me jump into that because now you have people had near death experiences who've clinically died. Yeah. And just like the movie that just came out, and these are reputable people, doctors, and and they say, "Look, we didn't believe in it. We're atheists, but there isn't there is an afterlife." But you know where the red flag comes again is the red the red flag is is the afterlife of what they see on either side because of their religious beliefs because they say they see Jesus and they see God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Having a conversation like this, I've raised a lot of questions on on religion. So, is it what a one person or or what they are taught to believe is where they think they're going and how they see things Good when they have these near death experiences? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had one. I mean, I had a. A tumor removed off my brain a few years back, and and uh, they couldn't bring me out of the anesthesia, so I was oh, under for several hours. And uh, I seen white light, but my wife and my son were right there, and they were working on me, I guess, because I I just I didn't see Jesus or anything like that. I just seen a big white something right in front of me that I was heading for. And it wasn't bothering me at all to go that way, but something was pulling me back like there's more for me to do and so i came back wow. and this is what i'm doing i've been doing this ever since because i i do believe that uh well obviously you know i believe that there's more going on 
And that's also physics. There is more going on. And, you know, we're pretty small-minded to think we're the only possibly intelligent species on this universe, in this universe. Uh, there's so many more. And, I mean, it's, we're talking about innumerable amounts of uh, aliens and things going on on different planets. You can't even count the planets. You know, every time we get a big telescope, you see more of them. Yeah. It just goes on and on. And uh, tell me how far it is to the end of the universe. That was my basic question. It got me started. <laughs> and the anomalies that were happening to us up there, that got me out of the box, out of the religious box, because you can't explain it with quantum, with the Newtonian physics. And we hear, hear sounds that didn't exist. I mean, like can't be in tore apart, and you look out later on, nothing's disturbed. Uh, you hear a herd of horses coming down at you in the daytime. There's no horses there. Um, I saw <clears> a there <throat> once. So there's anomalies, I mean, all over the place. David Pilates, uh, who I took up there as a filmer, and he, he filmed a, the Missing the Hunted, Missing 411, The Hunted. And in that DVD, I've got about 15 minutes where he interviewed me up at our camp. He's the only one I've ever took up there. And uh, he depicted a, a light anomaly that my wife and I saw going by uh, our, our tent we had set up. The camp had been tore apart the year before. And uh, what do you do with that? It's definitely controlled. It's, it's a, a, a light, three, four foot long, probably more like four foot long, just glowing, going right through the trees, right? Just worked its way down the ridge, watched as long as we could. But what do you do with that? I mean, it's it's a form of energy, and I think everything is everything is not. I think everything is energy. Yeah. And if, if Bigfoot can manipulate his uh, his matter into energy, which according to physics that can happen, if he can do that through vibrational frequency, he can change his matter into energy and. And maybe be a ball of light or a bolt of light or something. I don't know. It's just they are associated together, and UFOs and Bigfoot associated together. It's like there's something going on with that relationship. Yeah, it, I believe that there's some kind of uh, connection there. Mm-hmm. I believe that, so. Mm-hmm. Give me another question, Philip. I like this. Well, you know, uh, you know, it's it's a fascinating topic. Now, look, I'm a hardcore skeptic, all right? I'm a New Yorker, and if you, I don't see it, I don't believe it, I don't care who you are. Um, but everything you're saying, I, I do agree with because of my knowledge of what I've been dealing with. And I will also say that ghosts do exist. Now, it may not be the way we see it through a visual or audio, we're getting it through an audio, but there is an intelligence that I was able to make communication with a few times and, and, and dealing with uh, these things that they appear as a shadow person. They are far more advanced than we can even think. Right. So it kind of tells me that uh, we're not alone. And what you're saying now on the theory of, do I believe in Bigfoot personally? I do, but I don't believe it's the way we think it is. It's somehow the way you're describing it. Aliens, again, it's true, right? Our government, our selfish government and all the other corrupt governments, they're never going to come forward and clean. They're going to fight and and try to still keep it hush-hush. 
you know, and the paid news media. I, I happen to know a couple of reporters on the big stations, and uh, they told me verbatim, we can only say what we're allowed to say, period. So, and I know that because I know them, okay? Um, there's somehow multiple dimensions of time and, and frequency like you described where these entities or beings or these creatures can actually come through in some type of a format and we pick them up. And having said that, one place I'd love to see you go to, if it is on your bucket list, is Skinwalker Ranch. I got invited there one time, but I didn't go. I've flown over at my plane, you know, a couple times, but I've never been there in person. But yeah, they, they I think they were one note behind the music for a while there because they wouldn't get into quantum physics. But that's the, that's what's gonna, that's what's gonna answer their questions. If they just, you know all the light that's floating around, the things they're seeing, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's going to walk where it's got quite a history. And the, the wolf that they supposedly shot there a long time ago, you know, that just ran off. You've read this book, I sort of know the story. Uh, and it wouldn't die. And they, these things can, can change their matter into energy. What's to say they couldn't change it into a form of a wolf? Or if they're bad ones, you know, because there are bad there are bad, I mean, uh, entities out there, and if they yeah. get into a person, or if a person allows it, like if you, yeah. if you allow it, it can come into you and take over you. And if, it, if you allow it, yeah, I think you have, the, yeah, you you have to allow it, or be so dense it just floats right through. I don't know, but uh, I think you have. We have choices. We can just say no. You're not gonna, you're not gonna come into me. Uh, but yeah, there are negative things. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But what about, like, say, a child that gets possessed? I mean, would you say that they allowed it? And that's the part where I get <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> it may be a hole in my bucket right there. You know? <laughs> I mean. No, I, I think maybe they were uh, alien hybrid to start with. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that you're looking at today that I think are probably alien hybrids and uh, they're not totally human. And uh, maybe that was what was going on with that child. Maybe it got possessed because it could be possessed by a frequency from an alien. And uh, a lot of yeah. stuff like that going on, abductions and things like that. And I think there's been a hybridization program going on this planet for eons, yeah. eons. Yeah. And, uh, Absolutely. We're hybrids. Really want to get into it. <laughs> we're the others. Well, something made us what we are. We're the consciousness yeah. made us in that image. Yeah. But if I can say anything else, uh, it's about how important it is to realize who you are as a human being on this planet to experience things. I agree. Because you came into this world with nothing, and you're going to leave with nothing. And every materialistic thing—your house, your car, your money. Nothing is yours. You think it's yours, but you're leaving the way you came into this world with nothing. Therefore, and that's a fact, therefore, everybody you know with everything you think and everything you see, you're leaving with nothing. So appreciate, validate, love, trust, and be the person you want to be because the only experience you're going to leave with is yourself. At the end of the day, every materialistic thing, everybody you know, did not exist. 
You right. made it exist. That's right. And that, my friends, okay. is a fact. Very good. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I want to thank, uh, we have a couple of people in chat, um, Jordan and Stone. So they just said hello. Um, no questions, but thank you for joining and listening in chat tonight. So where can I mean, people find you and all that good stuff? Like, you know, because you are an abundance of knowledge. You have a lot of wisdom. So where can people find you? And when can you pick me up with your plane and take me away to somewhere far away? <laughs> I'm going to have a bag packed. So when can you come? <laughs> yeah, you can start the plane first. <laughs> well, actually, I sold my planes. I don't fly right now. Oh, man. Oh, there goes that. Now you're stuck with me. I didn't think I needed them anymore, but since I've been flying commercially all this summer on these conventions and things, it just, I wish uh, I had it now. I'd have sold it. Uh, it me too. Uh, I had two of them. Uh, I'm at ronmoorhead.com, and uh, that's my website. And all of my, both my books, uh, Voices and Wilderness, which comes with a download of sounds when I get to the context of sounds, my chronicle. Get to the context of the sounds, you can hear the sound I'm talking about if you download the link. And then I got the Quantum Bigfoot, this is the other book in there. And you can order both those online, the paperbacks or the uh, downloads, either one. And, uh, and I got two CDs with the um, sounds on them both. Uh, one narrated by Jonathan Frakes from Star Trek Next Generation. And the other one is narrated by myself. They're both about 40 minutes long. They got integrated sounds within them. So it's my story. I'm st sticking to it. <laughs> And you know, well, you know yeah. your, your books have amazing reviews, so they are wonderful books. Wonderful. Thank books. you. Thank you. I got awesome. another one. I got another one coming out soon. Oh wow! That's the first well, we year. look forward to that. Yeah. Huh? We look forward to that. Oh yeah, me too. I've been working <laughs> on it a long time. <laughs> it takes quite a bit to write some of this stuff because you know people are reading it, and you want to be sure about everything. So I'm yeah. trying to be sure about everything. Absolutely. It's, it's very, it's, it's not easy writing a book. It, I mean, it's, it's very, very. Well, my very first hard. book, The Voices in Wilderness was easy. It was just my story, you know, pretty easy to write. I put that out pretty quick. But my, uh, my second book, Quantum Bigfoot, took me a couple, three years to write. Oh, wow. I've been working on this one for over a year. I step away from it, then come back to it, you know, because yep. sometimes you yeah. get so far in it, you don't see the trees, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I can't get regular, regular uh, professors or academia to check into my stuff because it's outside of their parameters of where they've been conditioned for. Okay. And I know them personally, and a lot of them, and they just can't talk about it. They go to yeah. church on Sunday, believe in God, but they can't get into quantum physics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense at all to me. You know? Crazy <laughs> how that works, isn't it? Oh man. <laughs> That is a whole nother show right there. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on tonight. We really, this was a really good show. It's full of knowledge. You are a really smart guy. We really appreciate uh, you coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Phil has thank great questions. I love his questions. Yeah, thank you, Philip. I appreciate the challenges there. <laughs> oh, thank you. Very nice to meet you. And uh, this is a great show. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. I have 
I have a special thank you to Carnation for fully sponsoring the show from day one. We love them. Thank you. And please join us next Monday night on the United Public Radio Network on 105.3 and 107.7 FM from New Orleans. And don't forget tonight, we are streaming live from Roku as well. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate Thank you. That. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night.